Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Hello everyone, welcome to this podcast from the ITAM Review. Uh, joined today by Mike Loria. Uh, Mike is CEO of Resource Partners. Uh, Resource Partners are an ITAM provider um, uh, based out of the US. Um, uh, Mike can tell us a lot more about that um, before we get going. But we, we, we're going to be talking about uh, ITAD in general today and also looking at um, how that works with digital transformation, remote work and some other things as well. So, um, hi, Mike. Welcome to the uh, podcast. Uh, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, AJ. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, my name is Mike Loria. I'm the CEO at Resource Partners um, as a uh, AJ mentioned we're an ITAD and lifecycle services company uh, headquartered in Detroit, Michigan. Great, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I, I, first question is really, um, you know, you, you, you're somewhat new to our audience. I think probably it's the first time we've, we've done anything with you. Um, did you just want to sort of get a little bit into the history of, of resource partners and what you do and, and so on? Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so we, we got into the you know end of life cycle services about 20 years ago early 2000s mm-hmm. um and i often tell this story and say i you know i was in my early 20s at the time and it was a really fruitful time in the industry and so the business launched and we had a couple of really successful years and i did the math and thought wow i'm going to be a billionaire here and <laughs> about retired by 35 so um i had a big plan all laid out um but it didn't exactly play out uh, that way so mm-hmm. You know, if you think back 20 years, at least here um, in the U.S., uh, distributed asset leasing was pretty pretty common. So a lot of um, Fortune 500 and 1,000 companies were leasing through third-party lessors, and um, we had started a service to provide end-of-lease services for the lessors. So nice. we had, yeah, so we had um, a constant stream of of stuff coming in from random locations working on behalf of the third party lessor, but getting assets in from uh, big, uh, well-known uh, names mm-hmm. out there. So, um, and so it was kind of interesting. There was not much regulation at the time. Recycling was, you know, it was evolved, but evolving more and some of the uh, uh, future regulations hadn't come yet. And so what was interesting or fun about it was that these big customers that were leasing through third parties would come to us direct as we were doing pickups and say, hey, can you handle some assets that we own? We have some old assets that we own. Um, you know, interestingly, at the time, a lot of them were two uh, assets that they had held over for Y2K, sitting on thinking they may need they may need to pull those out for some reason. Um, and so that opened up the service offering to go more direct to the end user, which um, was timely for us overall or in the long run, because uh, leasing sort of, there were some changes in the, uh, accounting rules over the years that made leasing less attractive. And and um, so we were lucky to have built a, a nice end user base of clients. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that's interesting. I, it's not, not something we've really spoken about too much here at the ITAM Review around the whole kind of leasing of assets. It's something that I think is coming back to the fore a little bit. Um, 
Maybe, but um, it, it, yeah, interesting on, on getting your sort of expertise around that. So, so what is it still the case in the US that sort of accounting rules are kind of counting against um, lease and, and sort of encouraging buy? Yeah, yeah, and it it changes, you know, if if it's a, a operating expense, capital expense. But really, what we're seeing now, where we're paying attention from a uh, future standpoint, is is and all you know as uh, hardware as a service or device as a service right mm-hmm. so that's where you would see some kind of financial component come in um and with the popularity of all these item software programs that are out there people are able to manage their um their inventory better and uh those those tools can make a difference so i can see uh clever ways uh that in the future where customers are going to do that and and then also like I said before, that can change, you know, in an instant kind of with some tax ruling. Yeah. But mm-hmm. certainly people are less interested in um, it's not as important of a purchase. I shouldn't say important, but it's not as a um, uh, to. It's a fairly disposable asset is, the, yeah. I think, is the point. And so uh, anything they can do to simplify and streamline that is good. You know, that's that's really maybe a segue into the evolution of what's um, for resource partners. You know, when we were, um, you know, as you know, and as I'm sure most of the audience knows, uh, these assets, these secondary market assets are always depreciating. And so we were looking at, it's probably 2000, it's probably 10, 12 years ago, looking at our growth and we continued to grow. And there were several years in there where the growth and volume was uh, uh, substantial, but relating to flat sales. So there was 10 and 20% growth in the company, but the sales were fairly flat. And so we started to really go, okay, well, what else can we do with this business? We had ventured deeper into recycling and recycling other materials and, and that kind of stuff. And it, um, you know, is more of a volume game, but we've always had a very um, service oriented group here. And so we really wanted to figure out what other services can we provide? And so, you know, at the time, the first release of an asset management program with ServiceNow was kind of uh, interesting to us because we had been out talking to our clients. Uh, like I said, this is going back 10 years and saying, okay, so what can you forecast? Um, what is coming out this year? And we we're getting a lot of shrugged shoulders and a whole lot of uh, uncertainty. And so that piqued our interest. Well, how can they manage these massive inventories with, with the liabilities that are inherent in, um, you know, in the digital age um, and, and not know what's coming out? And so as we dug in, we started to get deeper in and questioning and researching what's going on in the asset management fields within our clients, we started to see that these tools were coming out and um, people were taking it a little more seriously and working on ways to to improve that life cycle. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I, so, I mean, I'm guessing as, as a partner, it's it's good for you if you can have sort of a view of their pipeline, right? That, that what they're expecting to retire this year, next year, or in three months or whatever. So you, does that make your job easier in the sense that you can you know whether there's a market out there a secondary market or what the value is and and all those sorts of things yeah definitely i mean to get visibility and to see what uh what's planned for refresh is definitely advantageous to us you know there's and it's on so many levels i mean there's some examples where we've um where we've seen you know different uh hardware issues even like capacitor issues where we've been able to look at a client and go okay well you know these need to be sold before warranty expires for this reason there's a whole process to replace a motherboard and and kind of head off problems before they exist but 
certainly for us, it helps uh, when we're sitting in and planning with the clients to to have a sense for what the values are of the hardware and, and what other kinds of service needs they might have in the upcoming year associated with it. Yeah, yeah. And that obviously will apply to, you know, bigger initiatives and, and bigger projects like sort of ongoing digital transformation, which is um, sort of a, uh, a big chunk of what we're going to be talking about today. Um, <clears throat> so um, what sort of things do resource partners get involved with um, when we're managing digital transformation? What, what, what are the what are the key points here? Yeah, I think we, we kind of um, uh, I don't want to say we play outside of that, but we really focus on what we can bring to the table as a service provider um, mm -hmm. to streamline other processes to enable these talented resources within our clients to really focus on other areas of transformation and automation. So um, so that's just kind of on the surface, but we also do um, work with all of the different software, um, well-known software companies out there for asset management software to integrate and be able to um, get visibility into their um, in, into their life cycle plans or at least their inventory yeah. to help make life cycle plans right yeah yeah because it, it's 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 a big part of uh, a digital transformation naturally is focused on the future and what's to be and it's that kind of what new shiny things are we going to get to improve our business and um, you know I, I think it's probably the case that perhaps there isn't enough attention paid by uh, people to what they're going to do with all their old stuff right I think um, you know we're, we're all guilty of that in our personal lives where we, we get a new phone and, and, and we don't trade the old phone or or we don't right. recycle the old phone it, it, just on a bigger scale at sort of the data center scale <clears throat> yeah absolutely there's a great um, Jim Gaffigan the comedian does a great bit on the closet in his house full of computers and he's like yeah that's my wedding computer that was our trip to <laughs> Disneyland computer and and it's so spot on and, and we do it here, right? Even at resource, you know, um, so, um, you know, but we want to get involved in the planning on the front end. We want to, we want to get our clients that, um, that we're seeing the most success with are, are really working with us as a whole life cycle solution, you know, as branded or, or, um, the heritage of it is certainly an end of life. But when, when we were developing the company, one thing that we really, knew was critical was, uh, you know, the accuracy and the tracking. And so when you've got that ability to track accurately, you can really impose into any of the physical pieces of the hardware lifecycle and bring yeah. some value. Yeah. Um, so, 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 yeah, I, I'm wondering um, where the touch points are um, on those life cycles um, uh, aspects. You know, it, we, Yes, we focus quite a lot on on the end, but but there's much more to be done across the life cycle, I imagine. Um, absolutely, yeah. So so we break it down <clears throat> into um, uh, three categories. We call them the three Ds. The it, so it's depot, deploy, and disposal. You know, so we've mm -hmm. kind of covered the disposal piece, but for deploy, we do. You know, like I mentioned earlier, we're really good at tracking assets, so we. We leverage those uh, the tools and processes that we have for tracking stuff inbound for receiving inventories uh, direct, you know, that our clients have purchased, kitting those and deploying them out um, to the users. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when we combine it all and really the goal for us with with our clients is to get is to become their depot. They're sometimes called the virtual depot. But that's mm -hmm. where we're fully doing the life cycle, where we are doing the deployments and the kitting and delivering, sometimes installing and and the dispose but the purpose of the depot then is really to 
fully leverage that inventory. You know, you've got a lot of changeover in, in these uh, large accounts. You know, we've got thousands mm-hmm. of employees. There's kind of a daily flow of product coming in and out based on people coming and going and new initiatives and initiatives ending. And so by having a visibility to all of their inventory, we're able to really help them reduce the spend, uh, reduce some over-provisioning and, and redeploy assets, help them make decisions on things like extending the warranty, you know, how they're going to handle maintenance. Uh, but if they've got good hardware in the mix that can be leveraged for other business initiatives, mm. you know, that's where we want to help. And, and so those are the types of things I sort of mentioned earlier that we think, um, you know, when we can control that, manage that and help with the organization and planning, we're helping streamline asset management. You know, there's, we used to get frustrated because we'd, we'd uh, um, see our clients, you know, with uh, management level clients trying to fill up a conference room full of old computers and stack them properly and, and do all the heavy lifting mm. and get rid of all the garbage. And, you know, so there's a lot that goes in that um, uh, that's one simple example, but a lot that goes into these hardware refreshes and disposals. And um, that's where we, we want to, we want those talented IT individuals to be focusing on new initiatives, transformation, and, and automation. And then, um, yeah, it's it's something I I recognize from my years in infrastructure. Um, when we did a hardware refresh, no desktops, it was mostly desktops back then. Um, we did that. You no, know, we commandeered some office space and we picked up CRTs and replaced them with um, flat screens. We uh, took tower units and put desktop units on, on desks. And it, the organization I was working for was quite a lean um, IT department. So everyone was kind of roped into doing that stuff. You know, it was like, okay, we're going to refresh this department tonight. We've got a hundred to do. Let's get 10 guys just to kind of lift and shift and plug things in and make sure they work. Um, and that was a bit, that was a large organization. Um, you know, yeah. sort of 5,000 employees, but that's kind of how it gets done. Right. And, um, it, it's, it's not something you do regularly. So it's pretty inefficient use of resources. Um, having, having the ability to sort of streamline that um, whole process. And also, uh, I mean, something else I want to touch on here is just that physical acquisition of assets, right? You've got to kind of bring them into the warehouse and check them off and check, check the invoices and, 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 and the packing list and so on and handle all those inevitable DOAs and, and returns and so on. So it's, it's, a, it's a really labor-intensive um, process, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and really, if um, you know the clients that that we work with, we're striving for. Well, we really need 100% accuracy. You know, you're talking about the tracking and that chain of custody, and yeah. um, so you know, from the moment something comes in, we need to we need to validate what we validated ideally on site at the client, and make sure that it's you know 100% accurate and that there's not a, a missing asset um, that happened in, during logistics. Um, so right away, you know, it's uh, um, it's got to get tracked as, as soon as it hits the warehouse. And then ideally, um, you know, the, the liability there within is the data contained on the asset. So yeah. just as quick as we can check it in, we want to get that data completely wiped and, and move it through the process, not just so we can sell or redeploy the asset, but just so that it's not lingering. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, going to come back to some of those aspects um, a little bit later, but I saw one of the, dig in as well around some other drivers around digital transformation. I mean, obviously the primary driver 
is is improving processes and 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 you know uh delivering value for the organization but um I mean, other other things that we can help with um, around um, sustainability, for example, I, I'm thinking of looking at old hardware that maybe we're hanging on to that we um, know we should be kind of retiring um, that sort of thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's surprising that we still oftentimes when we engage with a new client, how much stuff is stored throughout their buildings, and you know, there's been an even bigger impact to that because of the change in you know the uh office environments here so with you've mm. got so much more remote work and so now you've got assets that were at least they weren't maybe front and center by sitting in a storage room but at least they were in a building with a bunch of people in it and so yeah. now you've got you know there's no doubt in my mind that there's a lot of uh, companies out there that are sitting on a surplus it's maybe not a priority but um you know we always think of those as such a liability right because they're mm. even though they're old assets and there may not be any um useful nature for them they are containing important data potentially and so um you know purging is one of our first steps when we really engage into a bigger contract and get all that stuff out of there and it really just helps you know control the overall inventory we want to get that inventory down as low as possible mm-hmm. um just for for accuracy purposes and so that that can be communicated in the finance departments as they depreciate things differently you end up with you know um do these assets exist or don't they well they might exist uh or they don't exist on a depreciation schedule in finance but they're actually sitting in this closet here and so we need to do something so yeah um yeah there's definitely from a sustainability standpoint you know depending on the industry right some of some of our clients are really looking to achieve their own um sustainability uh credibility or or um you know they're setting up their internal service levels or, or goals for that yeah. And so we are often engaged into those programs to help track the the uh, how many you know the poundage of, of scrap and what went to scrap versus when, what was resold and those kinds of things. So, um, mm. you know, we have really grown our company to be um, specialized on the service side and on the the customer service side. You know, we're high touch. I would I would say concierge type services, and so we're not the uh, uh, behemoth recycler um mm. you know we obviously track downstream and and only only work with our two suppliers here in the states but um uh you know i think so much of what's important to these sustainability initiatives and and even just for efficiency in general is having this really good tracking of what you have yeah. knowing what you have and knowing what's coming and what's going too yeah, absolutely, because that lets you run lower stock levels, um, which means less less kit sitting on shelves doing nothing, which is which is inefficient. Um, you know, I, I know from my research that um, most of the environmental cost, particularly of a laptop, is locked up in production and, and distribution. So you don't want to have those devices sat around doing nothing. You, you want them to be productive. It's it's uh, uh, and so having having that tracking and that ability to know where you've got stock. Um, and and the fact that you can meet your upcoming demands um, uh, you know, has to be a positive thing. Did, did did you see did you see any changes? Sort of, um, I'm thinking of the sort of the the supply chain issues that we had over the sort of sort of past couple of years or so. Those supply chain issues are now sort of resolving somewhat, and and, and there's, there's enough sort of new kit and used kit in in the pipeline to be um, readily available. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a great question. So, um, it was interesting. I was telling this story the other day that 
um, at the time, the, the largest sales month in terms of hardware sales ever was uh, April of uh, the first, well, when did the pandemic start? So that was April. 2020, yeah. 2020, April, right? March yeah. is when it really hit. <laughs> and then, uh, so we had this, uh, all of a sudden the price shot up and, and mm. you know, it was, it, was, it all happened really quickly on the secondary market, the price shot up because the supply chain, you know, uh, dried up really quickly. So we, we battled that a bit, but we had a couple of really good success stories in there. Um, one of those uh, I can mention, we, we were awarded this year the Ally, uh, Ally Financial Supplier of the Year. And I was uh, thinking back about this the other day and what a great partnership that's been. So we, in, the, in that month, we also shipped, I think, somewhere around 1,200 laptops for them. And it was really interesting because these are all laptops that would have been deployed to campuses, maybe five or six campuses. Um, they had the stock because they had been working with us through the planning processes and and properly provisioning um, for deployments. But they were they were one of our only clients who was able to actually roll out that kind of uh, uh, volume during during that pandemic. But what was great about it was being integrated to their systems and having um, all this process built was that uh, the only complexity was adding all of these home user addresses. Right. So we needed right. to go into our database and put put those in, but, but essentially, and, and shift it to a parcel freight, but otherwise uh, it was uh, business as usual, just uh, sending stuff to, to, to their homes. Yeah. So that's been, you know, not to uh, jump ahead on that topic, but uh, that's been a really interesting and hot topic for us as well lately is, is how to service the remote workers, yeah. you know, and you think about, okay, so let's say someone's let go from a company and they've got a laptop in their kitchen. How do we get that back? That's a big challenge, right? It's got a lot of data on it, and um, I didn't mean to jump ahead on you there at all. Uh, yeah, no, that, that's okay. that's cool. Let's get into that. It's a natural sort of progression, and I am interested on how it works because, you know, there are some key points there um, around, you know, how do you get that device back? Do you want the device back? Um, how do you secure it on the way? I imagine in terms of um, not only making sure it comes back in one piece um but also mm -hmm. the, the data security of it so so yeah let's talk talk around that a little bit around the logistics of um you know retrieving or just really servicing re remote work in general sort of all all aspects of the life cycle um you know onboarding a new employee because I, I i imagine you want to get them onboarded quite quickly all the way through to yeah when they've left and and, and, and getting their kit back yeah, yeah. So if you you know if you take the example of a of an employee that's just getting a refresh, but they're remote, um, you know, obviously we've got to get the get the asset kitted and ready to go. We um when when the pandemic hit, actually we were talking with clients and getting some feedback on this, and so we started to talk about you know product design that would help them and and sort of name this office in a box, you know, kind of like you, the code name office in a box, really creative, right? Um, <laughs> and the name just stuck. So now it's the OIB program. But, you know, we looked at that and said, okay, there's, there's so much going on. And one of the, I, I, I would love to be able to give credit to the specific employees here who came up with the idea, but they said, you know, it, it's really different for these people to be working remote. Can we go ahead and do not only this kidding, but what else can we provide? And so started to um, brainstorm with some of the clients and we did some, uh, one of the clients came up with the idea of let's include a box of Girl Scout cookies and, and other, you know, mm. some of them will do their coffee mugs and all that kind of stuff. And so just trying to think, you know, beyond just getting them their asset, like the whole cultural shift of all of this. And and yeah. it's been really fun. Uh, the 
the response to that has been really fun. They're just expecting to get the computer and then the user yeah. finds all this neat stuff in the box. But um, so fairly simple program in that, you know, oftentimes we can, we leave instructions and, and send additional packing for how to go about returning the asset. Um, so they'll get their new asset with a work, work instruction on how to set it up. And, um, you know, ideally it'll be loaded uh, completely for them. They may have some internal stuff that they need to do once they receive it, but, but generally it'll be loaded. Uh, and then, then, then the other piece of that work instruction is what they're going to do with their, their old device and how they're going to get that to us. And yeah. so uh, leveraging some of the third party logistics programs out there that to, to get these returns to happen. And that's not the tough one. The tough one is where, you know, obviously um, the economy changed during that time. So not everyone was getting new laptops. There were plenty of people being let go from the job. So yeah. um, there's no one solution to that one. You know, it's really a difficult thing to motivate someone who no longer works for a company to, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, we all do it. I've got, I've got sitting in the, sitting at home right now. I've got two winter jackets that needed to be exchanged. Mm -hmm. And all I got to do is box them up and take them to FedEx. But uh, yeah. just haven't found the time. Right. So it, it's not a fun task and it's particularly not something motivating to do when, um, when you've been, you know, when you're leaving company. So that's been interesting. Like I said, there's been no one great solution. You know, generally it's just a, a direct communication uh, from our service team and, and try to work some of that with uh, charm and kindness. Um, yeah. But, you know, we've also gotten into discussions. It's sort of opened up some discussions into HR departments with our clients that weren't happening before. So we're cert currently in that process of really learning more about that and, and trying to further evolve um, a solution that, you know, that's good for the, the user and, and for us. So there, there's no magic bullet yet, but uh, it's interesting to hear the HR perspectives on that. And Yeah, um, I, 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 that, it's really good to hear. I mean, it, it sort of pull a little bit out from that. It's it, it is the personal as, personal aspect of it. It's you're dealing with people that and actually, in a way, you know, you're taking quite a responsibility for onboarding that new employee. Right. I mean, they haven't gone into the office to, 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 to meet their manager. Maybe they haven't gone and got a you know, building pass or whatever. It's all just been shipped to shipped to their home address. And um yeah, you, you see them pop up from time to time on social media saying, hey, I've joined here. Look at this great swag I've got, you know, sort of a you know, be yeah. a, a you know, coffee mug or or, or, or whatever. And um, yeah, it's it, it, it's these little things make a big difference. There's an there's an online retailer here in the sports where uh, well, sports equipment market that often includes little bags of, um, of, of sweets in their packages. And, you know, it's like sort of maybe I don't know five cents worth of candy um sure. but you're probably still going to think hey I, i'll probably get it from there rather than someone else um these those little things make a big make a big difference and also as you say at, at the unfortunate end in some cases of employment as well um how do you incentivize so i had a conversation last week um on, on one of our events around I was quite surprised to hear this, that, that, that in some cases, it, different states have different laws around this as to what you can, what you can and cannot demand back from an employee um, at, at the end of you know, that contract termination. And, and there was a discussion around how, you know, some organizations say, um, here's an allowance for you know, to buy your own hardware. And then you get to retain that hardware 
at the end of the um, at the end of employment, for example, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's definitely out there. We don't have any clients that um, that are well. I, I shouldn't say that. We see that a lot in mo- in mobile devices for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we don't on the on the desktop and and laptop side. Uh, yeah. Not seeing as much of that, but it is um, you know it's an option, and I can see that there could be some confusion over who owns what, right? When it comes time to to yeah. um, get rid of something, and it's it's hard because people don't want to operate on two machines. Um, yeah. You know, their their daily life and their work life. So. Um, yeah, it, it, it does really. I mean, that, that's quite a common thing you, you would see with a with a cell phone. Of course, uh, you don't want to have two phones. Um, and but yeah, increasingly it's growing into growing into now that we're, we're we're remote working as well. It grows into that aspect as well. You don't really want to have two laptops around the house, I guess, and maybe two screens or two keyboards and so on. It's um, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a yeah. delicate walk, right? Is to help you yeah. know help these users get their personal data off there, right? Which you know yeah. oftentimes there's controls on there's controls on that, uh, you know, from the client side, but um, you know there's yeah. also the uh, the whole uh, save everything to the desktop routine and those kinds of things. So yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's you know we've always tried to really pitch ourselves as an extension of of the ITAM team, right? So that's why, so that's why we think about those cultural pieces. That's why we think about, and, and granted it's grown the number of people that we have to talk to with the remote workforce, but we, we think about that, you know, relationship because they're all spread out, but ultimately they have to all fall within these rules and, and follow process. And so um, we're kind of these, you know, we've got to really draw bigger circles around and make sure that we're coming up with multiple ways to encourage all the right flow of product. Um, Cause it can certainly get, you know, stuck at a user. It's no longer a production environment where we've got staff on site and, and we're just able to go pick up the machine. Right. We yeah. really got to get some involvement. So, um, you know, the software tools that, that we have and that are developing certainly ease that and make it uh, simple. Um, uh, hopefully streamlined mm-hmm. yeah but it's interesting how it's evolving for sure it's definitely a hot topic that like i said we're paying attention to yeah because it, it feels like it's not going away now does it? there's been a bit of a return to the office but increasingly it's it's hybrid work and um so yeah it's this is this is something that was sort of abnormal and exceptional originally and now it's just it's just business as usual um one quite specific question around this do you see um, organizations wanting um, displays and keyboards and, and mice and all those kind of things? All those, all those peripherals shift back as well. Um, you know, what is it? Is it more likely that they just want the data data containing devices back? Yeah, primarily the data containing devices. So the you know the screens they they really um, our client base considers that a consumable. So oftentimes mm-hmm. they they don't want them back. Um, but you know, that, that, uh, we've actually had some really good success stories there where, um, client was thinking about it as consumable, but also building labs and, um, you know, we were able to come up with a program going, geez, they're consumable. You're not showing them as an asset. They're not important to you, but to replace the cost of these, uh, non, you know, they're not being used, um, makes more sense to go through a, a refresh or a, a, um, uh, build a program out to return these and, and help build out their, their labs. So yeah. that's why, you know, um, even though it's not a track asset, we still love having that full view of the inventory. And I think, you know, 
it relates right back to the other topic of we need that visibility. You know, you've taken it from, like I said, six campuses to 3,000 individual user addresses. Yeah. So it's hard to, um, that much harder to keep track. Yeah. I, I just want to sort of dig into that a little bit, though. On From a compliance perspective, um, you know, there's there's still the e-waste aspect, isn't there, of, of, of these devices that, you know, is it typical there's a formal transfer of those devices to to, to the employee? Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking about whether there's, um, you know, you, you've got a you've got a work you've got a work monitor which needs to be accounted for and recycled. Yes. Um, yeah. That's sort of we thing. would yeah. So we generally would not. I shouldn't say generally. We would hardly ever. There would have to be some uh, special circumstance for us to want to extend that out. You know, because mm. we talk so much about and you're right. The data risk is everything, and and that's mm. real. Um, but you know, there's a lot more people out there that, uh, might notice an asset tag in a dumpster, um, then could yeah. really determine if there's data on an asset. So you take it from being some, you know, it would have to fall into the hands of a semi savvy computer user. And, and mm. even then, if they wanted to get in through encryption and stuff, they'd have to be pretty sophisticated, but anyone mm. can really see a pile of monitors with a uh, company logo on them and go, wow, that doesn't look very environmentally friendly. So, yeah. you know, we definitely want to keep um keep our clients out of trouble and so that you've definitely nailed on one of the challenges of of doing that because it is fairly consumable asset mm. um yeah you know it's their the replacement cost is pretty low and um but they and they are getting a, a quite a good life cycle out of out of displays you know even yeah. 15 years ago displays were still part of part of the purchase and and you'd refresh them more frequently, especially, you know, everyone was waiting to get a 19 inch uh, CRT (laughs) or a 21 if you were really special. Yeah. Um, You know, but technology on that is, is leveled a bit from in a business environment anyway. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a good point that those, I imagine those, those shipping costs for a flat panel. It's you've got to find a box. You've got to protect it. You've got to try and get it back somewhere. It's it's hardly worth it when when the when the purchase cost is so low. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I always think about when um, early on, you know, we would sell 21 inch monitors, and you could fit uh, I think a dozen on a pallet, right? And they were worth seventy five dollars each. Every pallet was. Nine hundred dollars, and then you know LCDs came along, and I thought, man, how many can you stack on that? And what if those were seventy-five dollars? Yeah, but uh, it didn't play out that way. <laughs> similar to similar to my story earlier. All yeah. my good good ideas uh, um, end up being a little more work than planned. But yeah, it's definitely it's been a big shift. I hope I'm answering your question there, AJ. Yeah, that, um, that, that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's an interesting area which I don't think our audience have touched on before. Maybe is is yeah, well, what do we do with all these peripherals? Um, uh the the covid experience was very much kind of people went in and cleared their desks and took all sorts of things home um and yeah probably we didn't track those very well so uh and yeah the the, the fact that yeah it could turn up in a dumpster with a company logo on is a big deal right i mean because those things mm-hmm. are easily take a photo share it on social media and suddenly you've got quite a big reputational risk there so um, yeah attention yeah. that no nobody wants for sure yeah Cool. Thank you. Um, it's been a really good conversation. Thank you. Um, you know, we sort of touched on many areas there around digital transformation, around remote work, um, around some of the real kind of practical logistics as well. 
of these things. Um, so yeah, thank you very much, Mike. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, a. Um, I'm glad you brought that point up on the peripherals. That was interesting or these consumables. Um, hmm. you know, that's, that's a, that's a great look into the kinds of things that we think about. You know, I know that a lot of your audience, uh, focuses on software and I'm sure there's plenty of other data center provide, uh, service hmm. providers in that. Um, but you know, if you just look at, if you're listening to this podcast and look around in front of you, I'm sitting here and there's a, you know, TV remote and Apple TV, a Logitech keyboard and uh, all these goodies. And so, um, yeah, we think it's really critical that you sort that out up front. And, and um, I just wanted to circle back on that because that's, that's uh, the stuff that we're thinking about. And that's the stuff just kind of to cap that off from earlier is we don't want our clients to have to really worry about that. Let them make a decision on it once and let us handle the logistics of it and make sure that, you know, um, they have a keyboard when they need a keyboard, a monitor when they need a monitor. Yeah. Um, and keep it streamlined. So it was a great piece of discussion. Yeah, great. Thank you. Um, yeah, so thank you, Mike. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, look out for a lot more content around uh, this subject. Um, I promise the ITAM review. It's it's a big research focus for us this year. We're spending a lot of time looking at sustainability aspects as well, which touch on touches on all of this. And certainly um, the right ITAM provider will really help you meet those goals as well which might be beyond what you normally think about when it comes to disposal of assets it really is as mike said the whole life cycle um, that these uh, providers can now help with so uh, thank you and thank you mike thanks aj